You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to the Union 04, uh, 0430, um, episode 114. We've got the man, Mr. Sean Stahl, on with us tonight, and we're going to dive into, because I really want to dive into the Stahl's calls that are uh, currently being offered up at uh, at Tangle Free right now, and a good and a great price, too, Sean, like a really yep. good price on, on those calls. Um, yeah. So, so I want to talk about that. We're going to talk, probably talk some hockey um, just because uh, we don't get to talk much hockey with our American guests, but with Sean being in Detroit, uh, being from Michigan, you know, uh, close to hockey town, you know, he's got that red wings blood running, running through him. So um, we got Dave up in Concordan, Merck down in Nova Scotia. As I mentioned, Sean is in Michigan and I'm outside of Kingston, Ontario. So uh, welcome everybody to, uh, to tonight's episode. This is going to be, this one's going to be all over the place. I can already tell right off the bat. It's going to be, there's going to be absolutely no structure to this whatsoever. That's perfect. I like my life. <laughs> um, I'm Sean, trying to think of a trailer park boys reference. Something to do with like a shit rope or something. <laughs> shit rope. <laughs> trying to push a shit rope, Ricky. <laughs> um, with that being said, um, Sean, do you do you ever watch that show Letter Kenny? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. have I've... you have you watched Shorzy yet? No, I have not. I whole, I have whole... honestly so busy this summer that i haven't caught much tv at all buddy check out shorzy because yeah. it is i watched i watched the first season like last week uh last week week before holy fuck it is it's funny man it is oh. some funny funny stuff into it it's kind of hard to believe you can go up on letter Kenny, but yeah i, so I think it's better miners and letter Kenny that you can't laugh because you miss stuff. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of turned like uh, twenty years old. But that show. My you daughter, uh, my daughter start, has started watching Letter Kenny with me, right? And she's she's sixteen. She's got the same sense of humor as I do, but there's some shit in Letter Kenny that I, I'm just like, man, should I be watching this with my sixteen year old daughter? You know what I mean? First time, the first show I watched was when the uh, the Amish. Kid, Dick, kid. <laughs> for the kids. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Dick. You're speaking as do you remember when Deadpool 2 came out? Who? Kobe, my son, he was like what 10 at the time, 11 years old at the time. Yeah. Deadpool 2 comes out and he's like, Dad, I want to go see this. I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I go in and I look around and he's the only person under like 19 or 20 years old in the whole fucking <laughs> and I'm going and then the very opening lines are like hopefully you didn't bring your kid to watch this and I'm like fuck <laughs> worst <laughs> I forget, parent I forget ever. exactly what it said but I you know everyone in the room looked at me like you're an <laughs> asshole <laughs> dad of the year yeah. dad of the year yeah um you ever see that movie uh 
what is it bad grandpa bad grandpa yeah 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 uh apparently there's two of those different ones like that well we watched one where the opening scene he was sitting in the chair and the grandkid walked in you remember that one yeah that was uh, my kid was pretty young and i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah and it was recommended as kid friendly i was like ah, no yeah uh no well i watched uh Again, my daughter has the same sense of humor as I do. So the other night I was like, let's watch The Hangover. I'm like, it, it's so funny. So <laughs> I watched The Hangover. And she had a pretty good laugh, but there were some parts in it where she just. But though, it's, it's the kids today are exposed to so much stuff on outside school, outside on social media and everything. Why? Well, if they're going to get exposed to that, I'd rather have it when I'm sitting next to you. Well, that's what she said to me when I was like, oh, man, I said, I, should I be watching this with you? And, and she looked at me. She was like, Dad, I'm 16 years old and I and I have boys that are 16 year old boys that are my friends. You think I don't hear this uh, stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I, I think it's just a little weird to be watching it with your dad, though, right? Mason said he goes, Dad. I go to public school. Touche. Touche. Sean, so again, we'll be all over the place tonight, but the, the <clears throat> stalls calls, uh, you know, the 50th anniversary of, of Tango Free, which, you know, mm -hmm. uh, still, even though we had Corey on not very long ago, but 50 years for Tango Free, and now, like, you've been such a big part with Tango Free, and, and you, you've got your own thing with R&T, with the Goose Crew, and, and doing the Goose Calls and, and stuff like this. How, how does that, how is that relationship working with you and Tango Free and, and R&T and, and everything that you've got on the go? Because you are a fairly busy man. Um, how many of these calls are available, first off, and, and then... Talk about the price because I think the price is really good for that call. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's what it is. It's a limited run of a call that that we make, um, and there's there's fifty of them available. Actually, only forty nine. The fiftieth one, if you want to, uh, if you want that call, you got to win the photo contest at Tango Free Studio. Okay, so uh, it's just something a, a collaboration, co branding type thing to uh, work with our partner. Tango Free has been a real active uh, participant in RNTV for us for years. So mm -hmm. it, it was just something to co-brand and, and get together and do something together. So it turned out really good. It's a great, I mean, that call sounds awesome. Um, it's and, a sharp looking call like, too. You know, collecting, you know, nice collector's item. Mm -hmm. um, so what's, so I know uh, I, I said it, before we hit the recording button that I was surprised that you're sitting in your living room. Cause I thought you'd be on the road by now. Well, uh, I was out in the barn. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I was loading the trailer and then I'm, I might leave next week. So I was getting it loaded. And then a buddy sent me a picture and said, Hey, we got geese on the pond. We're going to hunt it this weekend. So then I started stop loading that. We're going to go on a boat hunt in the morning. So then I had to move the trailer and pull the boat out, do all that. And then I seen it was seven o'clock and I or about six 30 and I hadn't ate yet today. So, um, yeah, so I decided to come in and grab something to eat. And I got some geese in the backyard. I was watching them for a minute and jumped on the phone with you. Awesome. 
Um, are you coming up to Canada this year? Uh, been already um, headed soon and hopefully headed back again. Okay. So, yeah, I, I my planning, you know, um, I kind of, Jim Ronquist was with us for years at Richardson yep. He's He's since moved on to a, a new position. So all of his responsibility or most of his responsibility regarding the TV show, I kind of took on. So okay. it's just been two plates full of stuff and stuff running off. And I haven't, um, my planning is not like it's normally been. <laughs> normally I know everywhere I'm going dates by now. So wow. still a work in progress, but we'll get her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know last year, uh, you ended up down, down in New Brunswick hunting with Maddie Wilson and the boys. That must've been uh, a great hunt. I remember I listened to the episode <laughs> of their podcast where you were on, but like that had to have been a great hunt. The funny part, like Ryan, you hear it, I hear it a lot, but, and I've hunted from, I've now hunted from Eastern Washington all the way across New Brunswick. And so I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, the front range uh, of Colorado, the St. Lawrence river, you know, Manitoba, mm -hmm. and all that uh, down South, you know, I've hunted as far South as Louisiana. So I've seen a lot of stuff and Ryan kept saying, man, I can't wait for you to get here. And, you know, and I was just stoked about going. It's always fun to go new places and meet, you know, meet new faces and see stuff and, He's like, can't wait for you to get out here and show you something you've never seen before. And I'm like, right. I mean, they're Canada geese. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, and we get out there and it's like, holy cow. Like he gave me the address where we're staying and we turned off the main road and there really wasn't any fields. And we turned off the main road and just started going up this hill and your ears are popping and you're like, where? And I told the guys, I said, man, he, he did say goose and not moose. I swear <laughs> to God. Because, I mean, we're just going up this mountain, and we come over the top of the mountain and drop down and uh, a little bit of elevation, and boom, there's their lodge. It's like, holy crap. But just, you know, when you hear the geese and you're looking for them, you're looking up, that's natural. Look up, look up. Well, no, you're looking down in the valley below you as you're getting off the river and coming, you know, trading up and down the river valley and, coming up into the, the mountain you know at the side of the mountain to feed and you know we hunt a lot of flat stuff or with you know what i say flat compared to what they do but you're on the side of hills you know mm -hmm. so it was definitely different you know and those geese are uh they're 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 kind of like the stuff that that you had you know around kingston around d rice yeah. place or not um they work vertical real vertical coming yeah. in they don't, don't need a lot of real estate to to work out and come in like some of these jumbos do and, mm -hmm. and these bolts that we chase a lot so you know it's fun to watch them because you, you get them spinning and then all of a sudden they they, they could be 80 to 100 yards up and just straight down just elevator down bring tips to tail feathers and do it are you uh are you hooking up with d-roy this uh this fall at all i hope to uh we don't have anything planned yet um, okay my planning stages but yeah hope hope to hope to do something even if last year we just stopped by and, and said hi and man it's just been a few years now yeah Those great guys and just we always have fun and yeah you know, you know the more i try the more i travel around i mean hunting's hunting you know you cluck cluck boom you know and mm -hmm. it's the people man that, that make it fun it, yeah. it really is and they are good good dudes you know yeah joshy maddie 
Davey, you know, all that crew, just super good dudes. Yeah. Yeah, no, they are good dudes. We Who was it? Liam we were with, a eh, uh, Dave, um, this past spring? I think, yeah, it was Liam. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we were with Liam this past spring on on snows. Josh Josh was up a little bit north of us, and Dave was just running the roads at that time, trying to trying to find birds. But uh, but yeah, they are and and in in my opinion, in in uh, in Ontario, he's one of two that I would say are the only real outfitters that that's in 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 Ontario, right? Um, oh yeah, that I. That's my opinion, but uh, I'm sure I'll probably yeah, get mean, a bit of flack back about that. But only two outfitters I know is is Luke at Wing Feather. And, yeah, and, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's others. That's just the only two I really know. Well, um, I think they're I, the only two that's that's there's there's people that that chum around like St. Clair that are pretty good and whatnot. But uh, yeah, yeah, Stanley. Yeah, yeah, Stanley's I, pretty good. Just saw him the other day. So I'm yeah. a terrestrial. Oh, were you down there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's an interesting fellow, eh? I like that. He's an interesting yeah. fellow. Blast. Uh, more casting than blasting, but yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. We were trying to do some early goose hunts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause that's just, that's a quick, quick hop over for you, right? That, yeah. Uh, it's just a couple hours away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so what's coming up? So what are we looking And I'm asking you this now, after you've told me that your planning stage is, is a little bit mixed up, Sean mm-hmm. and, and, and everything, but it, it's sort of, it's, it's the train of thought that's going through my head that's going on, but like, what's coming up for the goose crew this, this year? Like, have you guys, have you quasi made a plan? Like, where are you hitting? Yeah, a little bit of moving and shaking. Uh, we've kind of quasi got a plan uh we're doing um i've got a uh a tv show we're working on um called the goose express it's going to be uh kind of a little bit of narration and going through I, like i started out i mean i started out as an outdoorsman but i was a fisherman before i was a hunter you know you couldn't hunt till you're 12 here so mm-hmm. i mean i was a, and i growing up i probably fished you know uh, four to five times a week you know, up until I was probably 26, 27 years old. And I camp all summer. My, I got my first boat when I was 12. Like 12. Had a old Johnson two and a half hour board, a Shakespeare uh, trolling motor, and then a 12 foot flat bottom. And we camped and I'd fish every day, all day. Didn't matter. I'd bass fish and move on to the pike, uh, come in and try to, you know, eat some lunch and catch some bluegills off the dock cut them up, chum up some snapping turtles and dogfish, catch them and go back out at night for dogs. I mean, I was, I was pretty tan, <laughs> but, uh, so kind of, you know, go along that line of, you know, so I bought that boat and I wanted something, you're going to spend that much money on a boat. You want something that you could use all it's, most of the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, we did some fishing, um, this summer, film that for it. Uh, and then we've got the blind build, obviously that we built the blind on it and showed us transformation of that. And then some, yep. some good work. And then got a, got a TV show on the stalls calls itself. We're working on. And then another one called meet the mold. Um, meet meet makes, the what? Sorry. You cut off there, buddy. M O M O L T S. You know, it's just oh, meet the molts. Yeah. 
How do you spell meat? M-E-A-T or M-E-E-T? <laughs> I haven't. That's a good idea. Uh, but you know how, so the resident goose population has just exploded. Uh-oh, here comes Frank. <laughs> the resident goose uh, population just exploded and and the molts, which are the sub-adults, the one to three-year-old non-breeders, and then the unsuccessful breeders, offline north, they go way up past you guys, up, mm-hmm. you know, the wings will take them. And then they're some of the first birds to come back. And and they're they're so much fun to hunt. They can be a little bit finicky because they're all adults. But so uh, we're going to do a show on those and get a, a biologist involved. I got Ryan Asker, and he's done several studies on transmitter birds and whatnot and, and do some discussion on that and talk about how they move and um they don't tend to take a lot of pressure so it's like we'll go find a group we actually have to have we have to find three or five groups when we go on these trips that are not together on the roost or anywhere apart because once you shoot in them once there's no saving them it doesn't matter you could go in and shoot half of them and get out and they, they just bust, they leave town. And, and he's got some data. Um, we were up on a hunt and he says, yeah, I got a bird up in that area. And, and, uh, it was after the, after the hunt that day. And I said, I said, man, we were right in that area. And he showed me the, the telemetry stuff. I'm like, yeah, she, that bird was using all three fields that we had permission for up there. And we hunted the one. And he said, yeah, but it's, uh, mid-afternoon and she's already passed the state line headed uh south wow minnesota yeah she's just like heard she said home i'm out of here uh that the next morning she was back on the marsh that she got banded on wow in no time so just some talk about that you know um the molt molt migration and whatnot but do you think huh uh, sorry sean to cut you off but do you think that now, and, and I'm not taking anything away from all the videos and all the people that are out there that are showing birds getting dropped and stuff, because there's always going to be a desire to watch those videos of birds being dropped and stuff, but there's so much of it out there right now. Do you, do you think that there's, that there's an appetite more now than what it was in the past for knowing that like being educated about the birds and knowing more about what they're doing, why they do it, where they're coming from, um, subspecies, all that, all that shit. Like, do you think there's more of an interest in that now compared to uh, before? I would, I would say yes to a point, but you got to remember the circle of, you know, where yeah. you're at. And, you know, you you just want to see stuff fall, and then you want to, you know, learn, and then you want to become a mentor, and you know, it just you, right. we go progressions and. I think sometimes that's where we're at, but for, for TV. And I, I think that's, that's a good, um, good avenue because I mean, quite honestly, you can turn on your cell phone, uh, you know, social media and YouTube, and you can see stuff fall. You can, I mean, there's, you know, there's only so many ways you can show a bird get shot before mm-hmm. it's not super entertaining. You know, that the old days in the nineties of rock music and birds falling, that's, you know, people really don't care to see that anymore. They need to be stimulated. Mind, yeah. Visually stimulated, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's what sometimes some of the educational stuff gets a little lost because it takes too long to, you know, to, right. to talk just fast paced moving stuff is what seems to be the deal now. 
something that uh gives you visual orgasms i guess you know yeah 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 i get you gotta be uh, pleasing it's gotta be pleasing to the eye but it also has to be like everything's getting shorter and shorter and shorter right like are you noticing that oh, too yeah. when you guys are filming and people's attention spans are so short and that's <laughs> you know that's why we try to move around a little bit some of the stuff we're doing you know, show some hunting, show some education, show some cooking, show some lifestyle, laughing, fun, you know, all that kind of stuff and just keep it moving. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you, you alluded to it um, earlier, like you've been all over the place hunting. You, you've seen everything when it comes to, to, to geese and, and how they act. And, and now it's, it's about the people. I wouldn't right? say everything. Man, like, if you say that, then you might as well hang up your boots because you know, if that was the case, we'd, you know, we'd show up the field and shoot every flock to come in. And true. I mean, not a day goes by that you, you learn, you don't learn something one way mm -hmm. or another. And I, I always say it's funny, you know, because like you get invited somewhere and you show up there and, and you pull in with the trailer and you drop the doors and they're like, all right, what do you want to do? And you're like, um, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, this is your here. area. Yeah. I'm, what are these birds doing? You know, don't expect me to pull out any magic pills. You know, I'm, it, and I can, if you kind of tell me a few things and you know, what's working, what isn't working, what you've been doing, well, you know, where the birds are roosting, if we're hunting the next running traffic, you know, I can kind of pull on past experiences, but you know, you still got to have local knowledge all right. the time. Local knowledge. It's so, so important. Okay. That that no that was that was the that was the break that I for the boys to jump in. I wanted to talk to you about this because it's been all over social media for the last I don't know probably two or two, two or three weeks. But this 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 ban that that which which I gotta say surprises me because I thought it would have been a Canada thing that they would have banned it before the states would have banned wow. it. Um, but the Americans, they banned uh, the importation of birds coming out of Canada. Um, but now they've reversed that, and and now they've said it's okay. And and you, if you're up yeah. in Canada hunting, you can bring birds back and stuff like that. But from you and your circle of friends, Sean, that that are bouncing back and forth across the border all year long, like was that a concern of yours? And no. You know, not really. So, like, okay. I had a game warden one time. You know, he checked me a couple of times, and, and he's like, when are you leaving? And I said, well, I think tomorrow. And then we didn't leave the next day, a couple of days later. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, he said, even if you guys aren't shooting the limit every day, which I'm pretty sure you are, you can't possibly be eating all those all these birds. And I was like, no, no, Chris, we haven't. And his eyes got like, I got you. And I'm like, I said, um, you know, I said, but I said, we eat birds every day. I yeah. said, every, every day we have at least one meal out of these. We have a giant cookout for farmers and locals. And we've got a hunterite colony there with 25 people. We've got a lady that likes to take all the ducks. Um, we've got a big rancher. He likes to can a bunch of them. And I told I said, man, I said, legally, you won't let us shoot enough for, you, you know, for us to give to everybody that wants them. You know, we've, 
we've been to this area and developed a network of people that, you know, they, we let us on their lands and, you know, one lady, she wants the ducks and, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of people here want some geese, the Hutterites want some geese. And it's like, you know, between yeah. everything we do, we don't have any to take back unless we want to get something mounted or, you know, have some other need for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so none of them go to waste. That's for, I mean, no, not, of course. That's that's a hundred percent, you know, uh, because if it's, you know, we'll take them home if uh, if they're going to go to waste. Yeah. But we come up with pretty creative ways, you know, if we're there for a week to ten days or whatever, and I mean, goose stroganoff, teriyaki goose, um, we grind some up. Yeah, you name it. Um, we got a buddy there that's just so good at. And he'll research stuff, and he's you know, he'll send us stuff, you know, a week or two beforehand, and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about trying this. What do you think about this?" I'm like, "Hey, go for it, man." <laughs> honestly, honestly, you know, people like, they when I tell them about it, you know, and they kind of you know eat some of they just like yeah yeah, and I'm like, honestly, if I didn't tell you this stuff was waterfowl, you wouldn't think it yeah, was. And that's right. You, you just it's absolutely amazing how good it is. Like I could eat what well, we do. We eat the waterfall every day we're there, but I'd rather eat that than I would a ribeye. Most, you know, I'm good for a ribeye, like maybe once a month. Right. But, uh, I could eat, I could eat the waterfall the way, you know, some of the recipes he makes and, and stuff that we do on the road every day, easily. It's a good source of protein cooked, right? It's, it's great. Yeah, of course it is. Dave. So I can edit this out if I'm going to get some flack and if you think I should, but have you heard any rumors about permits up here for like the bait permits, like Mitchell's Bay and that being canceled? And how do you think that's going to affect things? Yeah, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to bait this year. Um, and that's a uh, avian influenza. Um, and that, that's because yeah. they don't want the birds congregating together. And yeah, they don't and, want them congregating proximity to each other which i get i understand um it i, I don't know i talked to several people when we we're over there uh in ontario i talked to them um they all seem to think that it's the you know the sky's falling or whatnot because you know some of them clubs they they go haul in you know grain wagons and just dump them on the ground and mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know how familiar you are with it over there there's there's several clubs they don't get hunted a lot yeah and all they do i mean if if at all for the whole season but they get managed and taken care of they're owned by you know owned by some very very wealthy individuals and some of them just like coming over there and watching them and you know and so they hold a lot of birds that never you know between uh between walpole island and on the state side you got harson's island which is state managed area of flooded corn it's right across the border of the river from walpole and then you've got all the all the clubs along the east and, and southern shores that, that hold all these birds that hunters never see. So I told him, I said, man, I don't know. It might make the lake better. Uh, it's a wait and see. It might make some of the ag fields better. These birds are still going to stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as long as there's a food source for them somewhere, and if you've ever been down there, it's a salad bowl area. I mean, there's just a little bit of everything. Uh, for them to eat on out there from cereal grains corn to carrots and tomatoes and you name it so i i you know and the lake ducks are still going to be there anyway feeding on the wild celery so 
I don't know. I don't. I I think it could possibly be a good thing for the public water waterfallers, maybe. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Do Do you think it's still going to affect the hunt? How to put it? What's that? Do I need to turn on a light? I'm pretty dark here. No, I think it's good. Yeah, we can see you fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's probably because mine's too bright. <laughs> oh. but do you, is it going to change Walpole? Like, are they going to move those? Or not Walpole, but like Mitchell's Bay in that with those? Because if you ever hunt in a boat, you kind of 400 meters out in the lake, right? Do you think, is that yeah. going to change or do you know? No, all the stake lines are still there. So they, they still have that. You still got to be, yeah. uh, is it 300 meters for whatever it is? You got to be within that distance of the stake line. So, and what that is, people don't know, that's um, the lake water level has changed through, throughout time. And there used to be a levee system around there and they had their original property lines are actually deeded out into the lake where the old levees were that have since washed away from high water and whatnot. So they, they actually physically own out into the lake. Now they cannot stop you from fishing in a Walpole camp. But the actual uh, private landowners owner can't stop you from going in there and fishing. You just can't hunt in there. Uh, Walpole is a separate deal. You got to have uh, uh, for fishing. You got to have a boat, uh, Walpole boat license, and individual Walpole Island fishing licenses. Uh, for hunting, you still you uh, if you take a boat in there, you have to have a Walpole boat. But you also have to have a native um, mm -hmm. guide on there so you can't just go in there and hunt yeah and that's not that's probably not as well managed as it used to be either um isn't taken care of as well um today so i i don't know we'll see hey guess what uh, that's why i told that's what i was telling stanley and then i said guess what we're still gonna go so we'll find out so yeah. we'll see what happens and, and for people, you know, that's there. the big deal. Is, is, hey, what's that? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, for people that haven't been what? down there, like, call call Stanley Guide Service there and go for a hunt because it's phenomenal. Any guys that come up here from the States now, that's where I want to take them. Like, just look at this. This is kind of neat. Something you got to yeah. see. He goes every day, too. So, I mean, he's yeah. in a big boat. And, yeah, so... Yeah, we'll see, you yeah. know, um, and that's the deal change. People see change as an obstacle and I see as an opportunity. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And for what some people might see is um, like the change is going to happen regardless. So there's going to be people who just yeah. focus on the negatives, but there's going to be positives come out of this. You just got to find them. That mm -hmm. they, you know, that like you could do that within a state that's not i mean states the law i mean i simplifying it um you're not allowed to bait period and you're also not allowed to well how's it read you reasonably known or reasonably should have known um that the field was baited or the birds are traveling to and from a baiting so say i, I know birds are coming off a roost and flying two miles out uh, to a baited area, I can't get in between them and try to hunt. That's illegal here in the States uh, because I reasonably, I, I did know that they were 
you know, traveling to a base site and I was taking advantage of their flight path going in. So um, that's that's kind of how harsh these these laws are here. And that's why, you know, when I hunt a field in the morning, I always did a new field. I, I walk around a lot looking and making sure that, you know, nobody juiced it up because we don't need that. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Due diligence on your part, right? Yeah. Well, you got to try. I mean, yeah. It goes back to the uh, known or should have known kind of part yeah, of the. Yeah. yeah. And as long as you're putting in your part and making sure that you're satisfying yourself, like that should be good enough to say, like you shouldn't. I do it, you know, you, you I know, hope. like there's so many rules in waterfalling. I mean, so, so many that, mm -hmm. I mean, forget to sign, you know, you forget to sign your duck stamp here in the state. <laughs> There's so so many uh, in the state of Michigan. You're not allowed to have an uncased gun in or on a motorized vehicle. That means when you get done hunting, and you got your gun there, and you're going to put it in the case, you can't lean it against your truck. That's on a motorized vehicle. In a boat, you cannot have an uncased gun in your boat while the boat is moving. So when you go chase a cripple, you got to put your gun in the case. I mean, there's so many mm -hmm. of these, you know. And and I love what I do, and I'm 100% am not not trying to do you know uh to break any rules and if i do it unknowingly, like i went <clears throat> and i i pride myself in reading the rule books and i thought i knew and um we're up in northern ontario and we're actually hunting with three game wardens and we we set up in the morning we get done uh putting out decoys and it's time to go move the trailer the sun's just about you know getting close to shooting time so i grab my gun out of the i get, grab my gun out of the trailer take it out of the case set it in the blind he's like what are you doing I'm like, you're going to go park the trailer. He's like, I know, but what are you doing? I said, uh, I'm going to go park. He said, I, <laughs> obviously, I'm doing something wrong here. What, uh, what you, you know, tell me what's going on here. And he said, well, you, you know, in the province of Ontario, you're not allowed to have an uncased gun or a loaded gun until shooting time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, learn something new there. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he wasn't going to write a ticket or nothing, but it was no. something I should know. And when you travel around so much, it's so easy to get caught up. And I mean, some states down south, you can have a gun out of the case in the front seat, right beside you, shells in the in the magazine, but not in the chamber. Right. And you get up where out, you know, Michigan is one of the streets. It's like, you know, it's got to be in a case and you can't have shells, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. And and that's one of the things that I've started looking at lately is when we're planning trips and especially with the kayaks like certain states you have to have a registered kayak or this kayak like it, you gotta really watch those rules and yeah yeah there's so so many rules and you got to think about the rules not only like while you're hunting and what you're hunting but how you're hunting how you're getting there too right so yeah yeah it, here's a new one that i heard the other day um here in ontario now and I don't know if you've heard this, Sean, but um, if so, I always remove my plugs out of my boat after I after I pull my boat out, put it on the trailer. I always remove yep. my plugs right there at the yep. launch, and then travel to wherever at wherever it is that I'm going. Well, there's a lot of people that don't remove their plugs um, for whatever reason, but it's it's now become. Uh, I'm not sure if it's becoming a law, if it's a law right now or it's being becoming a law, but you 
have to 100% remove your plugs at the launch now at that body of water before you move to another body of water. Well, and it even goes here, you're supposed to remove any vegetation that's, yeah. came, you know, bottom of your boat or the trailer or any of that stuff. But it, you know, I, I really wish there was a way to, to go in and simplify some of the rules in water following. There's so, so many rules that are mm -hmm. outdated, antiquated, um, that it makes it easier to do the wrong thing than it does to do the right thing. That's sometimes. right. And it's just like transporting birds and having to tag them. And, you know, it, we're, we're beyond the days of market hunting and limits are so extreme. And so, you know, some places mm -hmm. there are no limits on sometimes, you know, and sometimes there's 15, sometimes there's this and, you know, possession limits in your freezer. And, you know, well, if there's it's a three bird limit now during this month, but then it goes yeah. before. And then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and leaving a wing on. I mean, we're in a day and age where if you really want to know what something is, you can get a DNA test done on it pretty quick, you know. But leaving a wing on it is just, it makes it easier for somebody to say, no, I don't want to keep it, just, you know, pitch it instead of taking it home and putting it to good use. So, yeah. And I don't Mark, know. Mark, did you have something? Yeah, I'm just going to expand on what you were talking about, Damien. So it says here, boaters in Ontario must now remove or open their drain plug while trailing a boat over land and take reasonable precautions to remove all weeds, animals, and algae from their boat or trailer, according yeah. to the rules that became effective on January 1st. Okay, so uh, it is law now. Ontario regulated watercraft, boats, canoes, and kayaks as carriers of invasive species under the Invasive Species Act. Remember that, Dave, kayaks included. <laughs> um, and again, you know, I... I some of these rules are they written by people that actually like in that instance fish and go and know that most of these waterways are connected in one way or another uh most of them I, it's just it's like this avian flu avian influenza deal you know if i got a boat and i i'm on lake st Clair and i i pull my boat out of there and run to lake erie guess where that water goes from yeah. Lake yeah i mean it's just yeah you know and the water in, that's coming in, coming off, uh, you know, the Huron River coming out of, like, here, it's just, yeah, or the St. Clair River, I should say. And There's not a lot of common sense in some of the rules that are written, like even the avian influenza, and I'm glad that common sense did prevail on that. Mm -hmm. uh, because for a while there, it was never illegal at first for to Americans to bring birds back or, or even you to bring birds back if you're going out west there were certain uh, avian influenza hotspots. if you looked at the map and it didn't like I looked at Manitoba and Saskatchewan it didn't cover the whole province it was just certain yeah. little 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 10 20 square mile radiuses I mean who comes up with that I mean these birds they move around so much they might fly that far coming off the roost to go feed yeah you know let alone flying across borders and whatnot well it's just just think of your story earlier of, of that goose right that that crossed over state line before before the afternoon like yeah that that that's the thing but i without going too far down into this like i honestly i think it's just um policy writers that 
that just makes something just to appease the masses, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. There's no science behind it. It's just, well, we'll put this rule out there and then the people that are are really concerned about yeah. it, well, it'll 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 make them happy, more or less. That's not our world. That's in politics in general. It just it's, yeah. it's it's us guys, the practical people that gotta pay for those decisions. But that's right. That's going down a long rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah. Big time. Um Shoveler eats a piece of corn and has a shit over like eats a piece of corn here, has a shit down in Lake St. Clair and it fucking grows a corn cob, right? Like well, yeah. it's the CWD deal with the deer and stuff. I mean, deer, I identify each other. They, they stick their nose to each other, and they, it, that's, you know, so they don't let us bait anymore. You used to be able to put out five gallons of bait for deer, and they said they didn't want nose-to-nose contact with deer. Well, that's what deer do when they see each other. They come up and yeah. sniff each other. It's like, yeah, it's not doing it. It makes people feel like they're doing stuff, you know, but in the end, maybe it doesn't do anything. It's a little more elegant than when dogs meet each other in the waterfowl world. (laughs) (laughs) How, uh, that's, uh, something I, how's Carl with a K doing this year with, with regards to, uh, to the field trial, uh, Sean, man, he hasn't done work crap this year. He's a couple gyms. That's about it. Um, yeah. Pick him up here next week. So I'll pick him up, but I mean, he's been, you know, right there, just hadn't gotten it done. It's a, that's a tough sport, man. It is, man. Uh, and I'm I'm starting to to see it now. How quick, how quick, um, how quick and how easy it can be to to not get a call back. Um, it's it's insane to be honest with you. It's hard to you know people that run hunt tests. It's hard to explain. You know, like you know, how'd your dog do? Well, he went out in the water blind. Oh, mine got. I got two master passes this weekend. Well, I, I mean, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just two totally different games it, and it's so 100%. And, and if you got 75 dogs and they're trying to pick one winner, you might go out on a bird, you know, they might throw a quad and you go out and hunt one bird. And when I say hunt, you get to the area and put on a three to five second hunt to get that bird and that bird's three, 400 yards out, you might get dropped. Mm-hmm. you know because they're trying to find a winner you know that's and right they don't, don't really didn't do anything bad you know it's, yeah it's just a competition the competition is that tight right like it, it oh. that that's what could end you it's not that you've done anything wrong it's just no. everybody else in front of you just did it way better yeah oh and i mean it, it, there's sometimes the dog just totally messes up but yeah <laughs> sometimes like you're scratching your head you're like man I, they'll I, humble I, you that really and wasn't the, that bad yeah that's that's yeah. what I've learned is uh, is when you think you know, that your dog is a rock star, she, she'll 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 still humble you. Them dogs that are competitive in all age have all age points. They are rock stars. I mean, yeah. they really. You know, you might get dropped on a on a land blind because you didn't hit a keyhole at three hundred fifty yards. You know, you didn't get between two bushes that are that are fifteen feet apart at three hundred yards, so you get dropped. You mm-hmm. know, it's just that's just how hard it is yeah yeah absolutely um so now listen let's get down to let's get down to the real important stuff here now the hockey season is less than a month away less than a month it started today the red wings prospect tournament started today yeah but that's Uh, but that's just just like keep looking up i'm trying to find it on on the youtube channel 
They got it. Uh, that's just prospects to Damien, but that's like the Leafs competition to everyone else. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, I yeah, I I'm opening my when I talk hockey, I'm opening myself up to a whole bunch of friggin' uh, insults, but. But it is like it it's coming around. Detroit is on the it's on Detroit's on the rebound, right? Like they've had a couple oh, yeah. of years. Um they're they on, have Iserman, that's what they have. Well, they and that, that dude's a genius too, right? Like genius. Iser plan. The Iser plan. plan, yeah. Can well, I, we have everybody here say honestly to themselves that oh, their fuck, team has go. improved this year. Oh, um, your team has uh yeah, your yes. team has improved. <laughs> Well, it's his team. <laughs> it's hey, how about Ottawa? Oh, oh Ottawa, Ottawa's improved more than than oh, well, oh, yeah. I think Ottawa and Calgary. I think Calgary has improved the most in the entire league. Um, personally. No, no. I think they kind of stayed on par with where they were more than oh, they lost good draw and could jump in the game Huberdo and uh Uyghur. No Uyghur and Kadri. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Calgary done. I think Calgary done well. Montreal, yeah, they brought in some pieces, but but uh, they, did Toronto yeah. have a parade for Kadri when he brought the Stanley Cup to Toronto? They did actually. <laughs> nice. He nice. he did well, have he did have a big he did have a big deal. Um, he was riding around in his Aston Martin with the with the Stanley Cup in the front seat and and gave himself his own fucking parade. So. Uh, Good, good to the Lebanese dream there. Um, he's uh, he did it, but but no, but seriously, guys, like the hockey season started. Um, it's good that it's good that the, the Red Wings are on the rebound because the Lions are still the Lions. The Tigers are still <laughs> the Tigers are still the Tigers, but the Red the Wings. Bengals. A whole lot of sucking going on in Detroit, honestly. Well, and for so many Red years, Wings. like they've done, like, fuck, man, like the Red Wings in the 90s were just unstoppable. Oh, you had 25 years of it. It's got to fall in the salary cap. Era came on. Couldn't just go buy players. But yeah. No, that's, hey, man, that's when hunting season starts, about when hockey season starts for me. Yeah. This early season, like, I'll go. It's our, I mean, I'm just not ripping to go until we get a frost. Frost on the ground, the pucks are hitting the ice. That's you, you know, need have north winds to freeze the uh rinks, right? Yeah, there you go. And it starts feeling like hunting season, but it's just it's getting to the point, you know, here in Michigan, we've got a 107 day long goose season, so it's kind of hard to go. I mean, there there been it might have been a time in my life where I'd have tried to go 107 days straight, but it ain't happening no more. I'm picking choose my spots and mm-hmm other stuff done some work done in the other times well you know you can you can only be on the road so much you can only be away from home so much and and that's and that's reality right like i know yeah. we all we all wish that we can i i know and mark knows this um more than anybody but i can't do day after day after day after day after day it just it just beats the shit out of me as much as i want to uh, but I really do. It just it just kicks my ass. Just just constantly going and and scouting and up early and and eating on the road and and it's just I can't do it as much as I wish I could. I I really can't. Um, and that that's just life. But 
my my uh i tip my hat to these young fellas now because i see them and and how how horny they are and they're out there and i'm like get her in you now boys because time's not on your side and and at some point you're gonna slow down well it does that too but i some of it's big bull little bull you know i I love to hunt so i will go but if i've got other things going i'll pick the spots Mm -hmm. you know if work i gotta get done i'm gonna get work done if i got family stuff that needs to be done i'm gonna get that done 100%. uh fish bite if the fish are biting i'm gonna go fishing um you know and pick your spot so um some of that just comes with a little wisdom as you age i guess awesome fuck boys um and <laughs> talking about big bull little bull <laughs> anyways but boys, <laughs> boys totally threw me out because they sent me a message. I think my the gray in my mustache uh, looks like uh, looks like something else there. Okay, well, it's been cleared up anyway. Yeah. Um, no. The, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, boys, uh, we're getting close to that sixty minute mark, and and uh, so I, I think you know time to time to to tie this one up and and put it to bed but um sean anything that that you i guess words of wisdom because we didn't really get into it tonight and and we have in past episodes with you where where you've sort of kind of give i don't want to say advice but but you've sort of kind of give your your mentality your thought process on on things like you, you used to talk about the evolution of the of the waterfowler and and what was old is now new again and 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 all those things is there is there anything that you want to push out to and I don't want to say to the to the new hunter because I think the new hunter gets a lot of flack because I think a lot of people point out the new hunter when, in my opinion, it's mostly fellas that are just set in their ways and, and they won't change. But is there anything you, you got to say for, for any hunters out there with regards to how they're going to attack this season? How to attack this season, I think, first and foremost, is our hunter recruitment rate is low, is getting lower and lower every year. We're losing more people than we're gaining. And I think waterfowlers in general, we can be jerks. We can be downright jerks. We try to beat, you know, beat each other to the fields. It's so cutthroat, fist fight, you know, it's embarrassing to say that, but, you know, they get into that. And, uh, you know, the thing that I, we need to bring more people in this sport. So try to get kids out, try to get adults out, try to get women out um, and get them introduced in the sport. Hopefully, they want to continue to, you know, in the sport, but even if they don't, they're going to understand it. And mm-hmm. when this stuff comes to a vote, oh, and they're going to understand that it's not the, we're not barbaric like some of the other side tries to portray. So, you know, if I, if I had to say anything to anybody, you know, this season and in the future is get people out hunting, um, show them the right way to do things, teach them, the 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 whole entire process from start to finish you know scouting setting decoys preparation of the wild game cleaning you know all that good stuff um and the benefits that it has you know wild game as opposed to going and eating fast food and um 
the, but the more people we bring into the sport, the stronger we are. And I know there's a short term, you know, you, you take somebody hunting and the next thing you know, they're knocking on the door, uh, the farmer's door trying to get on the field. But some of that's, that's you know, if, if you take me to your spot, I'm not going to go knocking on that guy's spot, you know, knocking on the door on that thing. That's, I'm not even, you know, it's just out of the question. That's your spot. That's, you know, if I ever go hunting there again, it's because you invited me, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, it, but that, that just, it, it happens, you know, and I see so much, you know, we get every year I laugh right here in town. It just seems like every year you get a good field around town. It's first September. And then some kid, some kids have seen these birds roost on the river in town all summer long. And they think, Oh yeah, I'm going to go in there and get them. And they go in there at daylight, bust the roost and ruin everybody's hunt around town. You know, and if if you could get a hold of them people and just teach them and train them, and that that's right, the right way to do it. You know, the big bull, little bull. You're gonna you're gonna run down there, probably not shoot any, but if you were to sit back and go out in the field, you're probably gonna shoot a lot. So, I mean, that to me, that's the that's the biggest thing that that I'm trying to focus on anymore is just teaching people. Um, trying to be nice and do the right things. You show up to a field, somebody else is there, um, talk to them, work it out, maybe hunt together, go somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. they got it for whatever. Uh, we, we always try to do that when, wherever we are is, is, is do the right thing, you know, and get along because nobody wants to, the farmer doesn't need a, a 4.35 a.m. phone call from somebody that's mad because that's just not going to work for anybody. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> not the person you want to piss off no and and to add to it like you talked about taking these people out and even if they don't become hunters like we need more people on our side when the votes come those people that are on that other side be patient don't don't say shit back just walk away because you're seeing on tiktok a lot i agree um, to to a point but i'm you're seeing a lot of these battles on tiktok and it's just like, man, just leave it alone. Like there are other guys that are very about it and talking nice, but yeah, that's, you gotta be very careful there. Like, yeah. At some point, some point gotta stop apologizing for what we do and how we do it and stop trying to not show the mm-hmm. other, so, you know, glamorous sides of, of hunting. Um, because no matter what level we try to go it will never appease the other side mm-hmm. they're always can take and take and take and eventually you just back somebody in the corner and it's either fight or flight you know and um i, I try to be respectful in the stuff that i show and promote but i still want to promote the sport as it is or yep. Make- yep i i'm just seeing a lot of these it's- give that side an inch and they're going to keep taking an inch and pretty yeah. soon that inch is going to be a mile you know and there's no pleasing them uh they just want it gone you know yeah, yeah. that i seen i seen a, a quote on uh or a, a screenshot of a conversation today online and it was i don't understand why hunters can't just go to the supermarket and buy their meat where it's made I- um and, uh, yeah it just they just don't get it don't understand <laughs> and i mean you can educate that that's that's ignorance you know yeah yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know you can educate it you know it's the people that choose to not 
stupid to not be smart that are hard to educate. Yeah. Mark, last word, buddy. It was funny how you brought up about uh, when you meet people in the field, how uh, it's, it's better to talk it out and to figure things out and maybe join together for a hunt. On opening day here in uh, Nova Scotia, we went for our hunt. And one of our buddies got to the field first uh, fairly early. And as he was getting out of his truck, he could see headlamps out in the field. And uh, he was he was kind of searching around, seeing if he could find a vehicle. He couldn't find a vehicle. And finally, he just yelled out across the field, like, hey, do you guys have permission? Because we knew we had permission because we talked to the custodian who manages the field for the farmer. And, and he manages a, a group of fields. And he, and he said, no one else has called him for permission. He, and he's the only one they can talk to for permission. So anyway, they, he called out and said, hey, you guys have permission? The headlamps went off and we, he never found them. So we didn't even have the chance to talk to them to see if they wanted to join us for a hunt. There was only three of us. We could have easily squeezed in a couple more. <laughs> so they just disappeared. <laughs> they obviously didn't have permission. We didn't. We never seen hide nor hair after. So it's it funny how you brought that up. And we and we would have been willing to bring those guys in on our hunt, but we never got a chance to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, they just. Yeah, you know, pop smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Respect and morals is a a dying trait, I think. Dave, but you know, what's that? Oh, sorry. No, go for it, Sean. I could tell he had more to say there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I think respect and morals is a dying trait. It is. As afraid as I am to admit that. And it's just, when I was younger, I'd have a tendency to get a little bit of a hot head or something, you know, with other people. But the older I've gotten, the more it's just like, you're not going to win anything. You're better off just getting along and, and figuring it out. Uh, out there in the field and you know and who knows man you might make some really good friends out of this deal 100 get, get more contacts you know that's that's why i always you know when when i was younger before i started traveling and working in the outdoor industry there was five of us yeah five of us and we'd hunt weekends and maybe one day a week you know and during the week you know weeknights or whatever but every night we go spend 15, 20 minutes, you jump in a car and do your little loop wherever you, you know, we all kind of lived about 15, 20 miles apart. You just go out and do your little loop and get back in and, and Hey, what'd you see? What'd you see? Okay. Yeah. Let's weather looks good for Saturday for that spot. You know, the wind's going to be right. Let's go hunt there. And, you know, you build this network with these people and, and you get a pretty good crew and, you know, the three of us, we all hunt together and you got two or three spots. I got two or three spots. You got two or three, you know, now we got nine spots we can pick from, mm-hmm. you know, that, that network there. And, you know, who knows, you might, you might meet somebody that might be your best man in your wedding out. If, you know, you met in a goose field. So it's, you know, try to try to take the high road and that's just my take on it. No, it, it is a good point, buddy. It is. It really is because you don't know who you're going to meet and, and you don't know what, how, how, the, how that relationship will grow. But if, if you're going in um, eyes, eyes on fire and, and full of piss and vinegar, um, you know, it's probably not going to end exactly the way that, that it should end, right? Sorry, Dave, I cut you off, buddy. Yeah, I had a pro staff director at a, a camel company back in the oh, early 2000s. She said to me, she said, 
you and she and she managed deer and turkey and waterfowl and their, their you know all their uh, all their different sides and everything she said you waterfowlers are the biggest group of jackasses there are in the industry like you guys can't even get along and i was like you're right mm-hmm. you're right i don't know why <laughs> what it is it's just such a competitive sport but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's a bird, <laughs> a brain the size of your thumbnail that you're trying, you're, you're trying to fool and, and you're trying to stand on top of this mountain and beat your chest and say, I'm king, you know, I mean, yeah. put it in perspective, let's just get outside and have fun. You know, it's, I get so sick of it. It's, it's I say it all the time. Piles don't make smiles. You know, it's, it, I don't remember most of the hunts that we went out and just absolutely tore them up and made a big pile i don't remember them near as much or if if at all compared to some of the hunts that we just laughed and sat out there the entire day and cooked food and just laughed you know i remember those more than i remember the the, the big pile deals so just remember what at the end of the day at the end of your time or whatever it is just remember what was most important mm-hmm. good point uh American attest it isn't being in the military, the hard times of, of just being miserable and wet and hungry. And, and those are the times that you remember most, right? Uh, as opposed to when everything is easy and, and falling into place exactly how you want it. Um, Dave, uh, to you, buddy. Yeah, Sean, thanks for coming on. It was, it's good to hear some perspective and, and a bit of education on this one too. So that's good. That's what I like that part. So. Sean, any last words, buddy? Uh, I think I used my word count up, man. It's all good, buddy. I hope I hope that that we can get a chance to 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 have a coffee or something on your travels this uh, this fall. I really would. Um, thanks for coming on again, Sean. Um, it really means the world to us, especially when I can yeah, give anytime. you when I can give you such short notice and and just say. Uh, hey 24 hours before can you can you make it and you're like yep i'm good um just send me the link and and i really really do appreciate well we all appreciate it and uh i hope you nothing but success for the year buddy and i'll be living vicariously through you uh this fall as i watch you travel all over the place all 107 days Uh, of you hunting (laughs) well i watch i watch like i follow you all all year long so from from when you guys kick off and uh, i forget the the gentleman's name but there's one gentleman in the goose crew he was down in uh down in new brunswick with you and he's just a hoot and i love listening to him and i love uh i love following him. that would yeah. be phil <laughs> yeah i love him um he's, cap- he's captain of the fun truck <laughs> captain of the fun truck yeah awesome Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Union 0430. Um, We are exactly as advertised. We will never pretend to be experts. We're just a group of friends that love hanging out, talking about bird hunting, and of course, how awesome the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Um, With that, big love. <laughs> he's never coming back on now you dick <laughs> you should have seen did you guys catch the eye roll on sean after i said <laughs> big love until next time take care <laughs> take care of one another and surround yourself with good people peace out <laughs>